Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. Coming up on today's program, we'll have the latest market update with Adam Piccolo from PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor. And he'll talk about another week of decline for the March canola contract. The Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Champion Award was presented to a farmer from the Delisle area yesterday. We'll hear from Sean Colburn, who was the winner of that. January was a roller coaster of a month, from warm and dry at the beginning to very cold in the middle, then warm again at the end. We'll hear from Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang on how it all shook out for the province. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Another week of decline for the March canola contract. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo says while March canola was up in early trading today, it was down this week overall. Currently we're actually higher about $4 a ton to where we currently sit at $5.94. So has it found a, a bottom? I, I don't know uh, about that quite yet. This week there was quite a bit of um, news from StatsCan and the USDA. The StatsCan report yesterday showed uh, kind of it was their stocks report as of December 31st. Um, There's no really big surprises with um, canola really up about 1% uh, in terms of the stock side of things. So not again, not over really, um, you know, bearish, but also not uh, kind of unexpected. And, you know, the other markets that kind of influence as well to canola, again, being the soybean side of things, um, beans, there was some unexpected changes in the the February kind of report. Uh, I would say it was neutral at best for soybeans, maybe even slightly bearish kind of for the short term. Um, the U.S. stocks were, were more than expected and world uh, stocks were higher as well too so a little bit of a, a more of a bearish report um, for the for the soybeans affecting canola regarding the March Minneapolis wheat contract Pucalo said it was also down a bit this week this week we're actually down approximately five cents a bushel uh, right now on the day we're actually up about uh, five six cents on the March contract uh, so again wheat has been kind of I'd say trending a little bit more sideways kind of uh, recently and unfortunately though the USDA report wasn't uh, very bullish. 
Um, there is uh, more, again, kind of like beans neutral at best. Uh, U.S. stocks increased. Uh, world stocks uh, declined a little bit. Um, but really exports uh, and then usage was flat. So uh, for the wheat markets, uh, it doesn't really seem like there's much bullish news out there right now. And uh, I don't always like to be the bearer of bad news, but it kind of it seems like that is maybe the case for the wheat market right now. And here is Piccolo's near-term outlook. One thing that I've been kind of uh, watching is how this the U.S. dollar has started to increase a little bit more. Um, the Canadian dollar has been coming down a little bit from its highs that it made kind of uh, earlier this year. So that might affect things kind of going forward. On the, kind of the crude oil market, uh, crude has actually increased again a little bit. So that's something that I'm kind of watching as well to maybe see how that affects the, the oil seeds as well. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. Canadian wheat stocks at the end of 2023 were considerably tighter compared to the previous year, with oats, corn, and pulse crops also seeing supply reductions. That's according to the latest stocks report from Statistics Canada, released yesterday. However, canola, barley, and soybean stocks as of December 31, 2023, were higher compared to the previous year. Canadian canola stocks as of December 31st came in at 12.9 million metric tons, which was up 1.3% from the same time the previous year, but slightly below the five-year average of 13.3 million tons. Meanwhile, total wheat stocks were down 10.3% on the year at 20.7 million metric tons. Barley stocks increased to 5.5 million metric tons, from 5.2 million tons at the end of December 2022. Oat stocks were down 40.3% year-over-year at 2.1 million metric tons. Pea and lentil stocks were down 15.6% and 30.5% respectively at 1.8 million tons for peas and 1 million tons for lentils. Corn stocks in the country were down 4.8% at 11.3 million metric tons, while soybean supplies increased 9.8% to come in at 3.8 million metric tons. Projected ending stocks of soybeans, corn and wheat in the United States were raised slightly higher in the latest supply and demand estimates from the United States Department of Agriculture, while production estimates for Brazil were revised lower. The USDA upped its call for 2023-24 U.S. soybean carryout to 315 million bushels, which topped average trade guesses and compares with the previous estimate of 280 million bushels. The world's soybean ending stocks for the marketing year were increased to 116 million metric tons, which compares with the January forecast of 114.6 million tons and the 2022-23 carryout of 103.6 million tons. For corn, the USDA raised its U.S. ending stocks estimate by 0.5% at 2.172 billion bushels, but lowered its world carryout to 322.2 million metric tons from 325.2 million in January. 
The U.S. wheat carryout was forecast at 658 million bushels, which compares with the January estimate of 648 million bushels and the 570 million bushels seen at the end of the 2022-23 marketing year. As you heard yesterday, federal court in the U.S. has pulled the Environmental Protection Agency's over-the-top registration of three products containing dicamba, Extendamax, Ingenia, and Tavium. The court found the EPA violated the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act, that it failed to allow notice and comment requirements when granting its approval in 2020. A spokesperson for Syngenta, makers of Tavium, confirms the U.S. ruling does not impact access to these products in Canada. Dicamba is a wide-spectrum broadleaf herbicide that can, under certain conditions, cause significant crop injury and loss through spray drift. Release of the dicamba-tolerant platform in Canada occurred in tandem with application requirements to decrease off-target injury. Short seller Muddy Waters has placed bets against the shares of Canadian insurer Fairfax Financial, which owns the majority share in Farmer's Edge, alleging manipulation in the insurer's asset values. A newly formed Fairfax subsidiary inked a deal this January to purchase in cash all common shares of Manitoba-based digital agronomy firm Farmer's Edge, taking the company private again. Fairfax already owned more than 61% of the company's shares. Shares of Fairfax, a property and casualty insurer, sank 12% yesterday and set for their worst drop since September of 2008. The Canadian company's insurance business has struggled to remain profitable even after the hurricane-related catastrophes in 2017. Thirteen ships carrying grain were diverted from the Suez Canal to sailings around the Cape of Good Hope this week as concern about attacks on vessels in the Red Sea continued. About 7 million metric tons per month of grain cargoes usually transit the Suez Canal into the Red Sea, but bulk and other shipping has dropped significantly as Iran-backed Houthi militants have continued attacks on shipping despite U.S.-led airstrikes on Houthi positions in Yemen. The Atlantic shipments would include large U.S. grain exports to Asia. Vessels in the Red Sea broadcast messages on the automatic identification system to seek safe passage to show they are not involved in the Middle East conflict, including ships under Chinese ownership. But commodity traders said it was still possible to find bulk carriers for Red Sea grain shipments. The La Nina weather pattern could emerge in the second half of 2024, quickly after El Nino transitions into enzo-neutral conditions in the middle of this year. The La Nina pattern is characterized by unusually cold temperatures in the equatorial Pacific Ocean and is linked with floods and drought. The current El Nino weather pattern, which caused hot and dry weather in Asia and heavier-than-usual rains in parts of the Americas, is likely to give way to the Enzo-neutral conditions during April to June of 2024. Enzo-neutral conditions refer to those periods in which neither El Nino nor La Nina is present, often coinciding with the transition between the two weather patterns. After a strong El Nino, 
Global weather is poised to transition to La Nina in the second half of 2024, a pattern typically bringing higher precipitation to Australia, Southeast Asia, and India. Canopy Growth Corporation reported a net loss of $216.8 million in its latest quarter, compared with a loss of $264.4 million a year earlier. The cannabis company says the loss amounted to $2.62 per diluted share for the quarter ended December 31st, compared with a loss of $5.34 per diluted share a year earlier, when it had fewer shares outstanding. Net revenue for what was the company's third quarter totaled $78.5 million, down from $84.9 million in the same quarter a year earlier. Excluding the impact of the sale of its Canada national retail business, the company says consolidated net revenue grew by 6% year-over-year. Canada adult-use cannabis business-to-business net revenue rose 9% year-over-year, while Canadian medical cannabis net revenue climbed 11% compared with a year earlier. And SaskAg today is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose SaskAg today. And yes, it is free. And that's the Ag Review portion of our program. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will continue right after this. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 5 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. The Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Champion Award was presented to a farmer from the Delisle area yesterday. Sean Colborne farms with his cousins on their fifth-generation farm that includes 12,000 acres of grainland, a 700-head Red Angus Charlay cow-calf enterprise, and a 40,000 hen-layer poultry operation. His family frequently welcomes guests to his farm to see firsthand how food is grown. Colborne says it's important to answer consumer questions about agriculture. It's a nice honor, right? But uh, we don't open our farm gates for awards, right? We open our farm gates to consumers understand where their food comes from, and that it's produced in the most sustainable way on the globe. And that's that's what's important And the whole thing, is, is helping consumers understand that what we do as farmers is sustainable and in the best interest of our customers and ourselves. He tells us about his farm. Sure. No, I farm with uh, two cousins. Uh, we've been around since 1910. It's a century farm. We all operate under Colburn Farms Limited. Uh, we have a cattle ranch, a uh, table egg operation, a grain and oil seed and pulse farm, and an irrigation farm. Colburn explains how their operation works. It's all operated under Colburn Farms Limited. Uh, we're all family owners, uh, and uh, our families are, are the folks that work out there. We've got a few employees as well, and everything rolls up under Colburn Farms Limited. It just has different uh, operations. 
He says they're happy to provide tours to anyone who wants to learn more about modern agriculture. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like I get calls every day for a tour. I would say that we work with industry if they have folks and individuals that want to come out and see what Saskatchewan or Western Canadian agriculture is about. They'll contact us and a group like Farm and Food Care, they have a... Uh, a food influencer tour is one of the events that they've had. They've had government individuals and they've brought them out and had us talk and tell our story and on what we do. And we like to think that at the end of the day that it's uh, had some impact in helping people understand where their food comes from because, you know, like it or not, there are some myths out there that aren't true. Colborne talks about one of the questions he often gets asked. From that standpoint, it would be just uh, there seems to be that, it, you know, that corporate farming is a whole bunch of you know evil corporations own these farms and they don't 98 percent of all uh, farms in canada are family owned now are those do some of those have corporate structures as as ourselves do yes absolutely but they're still family owned and that's that's one of the things i guess one of the myths that's out there is that you know you know global corporate organizations own our farms and they don't he says past generations certainly noticed the changes in farming practices. Yeah, we've talked about that lots. Uh, I'm fortunate that I've got a 100-year-old grandfather that I see every day still, and uh, and his brother, they're still out at the farm every other day to see what's going on. We often discuss you know, what their father or grandfather would have liked to see our farm become, and you know, hopefully we continue to grow for the future generations, but yeah, it's neat to be part of it. We're told that it's a little bit different to have this many cousins farming together under one organization, and uh, we're hoping to continue it going. Colborne says their family has an excellent working relationship. My cousins are like brothers, and uh, we we work hard like brothers, and we also can have some disagreements like brothers. But you know, in the end, we we're pulling on the rope in the same direction to continue, you know, getting it to the next generation, which are going to be cousins as well. As for the sixth generation, yeah, we're we're hoping. Uh, my older cousin, he has a couple older daughters, and uh, one of his daughters just graduated ag, so we'll see where her career takes her. I've got uh, a couple of daughters and a son and see if they're interested in coming back. And then uh, my younger cousin has a couple of sons and a daughter. So uh, everything we do today is about trying to get it to them. And Colborne concludes with a story about a recent trip he took to the United States. So we were in Vegas uh, last weekend. Uh, my daughter was playing softball in a tournament down there, and one of the days got rained out, so we had some downtime. So our family decided we'd go to the Sphere for an afternoon show. So it's the new spectacle in, in Vegas, right? It's like $2.3 billion it costs to build. It takes up like 18 to 20 acres. Uh, you pay $108 a ticket, and you walk into the, the lobby, and there's robots, and there's you know talk about AI, and these robots interact with you, facial expressions, answer your questions, all this wonderful technology right the show that we paid $108 to go in and watch was all about how humans are hurting the planet with new technology and it just seemed off to me uh, it's not how I'm, I'm wired you know we just went through this whole you know lobby of wonderful technology and the 45 minute show that they play in the sphere is about uh, humans damaging the planet and it was it was a really bizarre piece when you just kind of think about it get your mind wrapped around it 2.3 billion dollars 20 acres all this wonderful technology and we walk in and it's like humans are, are hurting the planet so i you know i totally disagree with the the concept of that i think that modern agriculture is a, a wonderful story to tell i think we're extremely sustainable i think technology drives us to the future and and it was just a kind of an oxymoron i guess 
Colborne has participated in several video projects with Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Egg Producers, the Ministry of Agriculture, and the World Farmers Organization. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 186.32 this hour. That's down 25. June live cattle trading at 183.55, down 17. March feeder cattle trading at 246.65, down 20. April feeder cattle trading at 251.32, down 60. April lean hogs trading at 81.22, up 87. May lean hogs trading at 86.17, up 35. And that's the livestock market conditions. Well, January was a roller coaster of a month, from warm and dry at the beginning to very cold in the middle, and then warm again towards the end. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says the beginning of the month was like December, warm and dry. Then during the second week, some Arctic air landed on the province, resulting in a cold snap for several days. There were 27 new cold temperatures records made, with the coldest community being leader at minus 46.4 degrees. There were large temperature swings, with the biggest happening in Maple Creek. Yeah, it's it's a huge swing. Uh, Maple Creek, which set the the record for the warmest temperature in the province in January for any time that we've been keeping records, they hit 21.1. Just 16 days earlier, uh, they were down to minus 42.5, so over a 60 degree temperature difference between those two dates, 16 days apart. It's uh, it's crazy. During the warming period of January 27th to the 31st, there were 69 new temperature records made around the province, with again Maple Creek topping out at 21.1 degrees. While a chart of monthly mean temperatures at each weather station in Saskatchewan showed all of them experienced mild temperatures in the mid-teens, Lang says it doesn't tell the whole story because of the two extremes we had. Regina had a mean temperature of minus 14.7, Saskatoon minus 15.1, Yorkton minus 14, Estevan minus 13, Moose Jaw minus 12.8, and Swift Current minus 12.4, to name a few. Precipitation was minimal for most of the province during the first half of the month, except for the far north where it was close to average to above average. Uh, Most of the precipitation, you know, saved for the first few days because that was still quite dry. And of course, the northern part of the province, because our jet stream is well, has been well to the north, that means the northern part of the province is catching some snow with the uh, systems moving through there. But the rest of the province has really been 
really lacking in precipitation, but that first couple of uh, weeks of January, there was some snowfall, particularly through like the parkland and, and northern grain belt uh, areas, but like places farther to the south um, really didn't get a lot of uh, precipitation out of that time. And when you get into colder air too, it's really hard to squeeze a lot of snow out of that moisture. Regina got 5.8 millimeters of precipitation last month, Moose Jaw 5.9 Swift Current 5.1 and Yorkton 10.2 millimeters, all below their respective normal totals. Saskatoon was the only place to get above normal precipitation at 14.9 millimeters, but only marginally. While the parkland region in the northern grain belt got some snow, Lang knows more is needed for farmers. The snowfall um, is kind of like putting money in the bank for the spring, like moisture in the bank for the spring and, and hope that it makes it into the, uh, the soil just because it's uh, been running pretty dry for a pretty long time. And because we're at such a precipitation deficit, it's been running dry for a long time, uh, it's not going to take one or two rainfalls in the spring to make up for it all. So it'll help with the near surface moisture. But uh, overall, it's it's been so dry for so long that uh, a lot more moisture Lang notes the El Nino caused the warmer than normal weather in the province and it's forecast to start weakening in the spring with a La Nina in the fall. Between now and when producers start seeding in the spring, Lang says there is hope for more moisture. Well, we're getting some good snow out of uh, this Colorado low um, that uh, made its way through, uh, particularly the, the the regions bordering the U.S. They've gotten quite a bit of snow, uh, and there's good high. You know, there's a lot of moisture in that snow too, so that's a good a good sign. Um, we are forecasting. It looks like out to about seven to ten days. We are looking at some colder air moving in, and of course, it's hard to squeeze anything out of uh, that cold air. Um, but March and April are our Colorado low type of months. Uh, and that's when we can often see our heaviest uh, snowfalls. So uh, there's still some hope left, uh, I think, for uh, getting more moisture. February's forecast to be above average temperature-wise. So, you know, we'll see how things kind of wash out uh, towards the end of the month. It's also forecast to be drier than average. So, um, we'll kind of see how that goes, but there's hope for March and April. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada in Saskatoon. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will continue in one minute's time. Welcome back to Saskag Today. 34 of the brightest 4-H members in the Saskatchewan area participated in the Prairieland Youth Leadership Conference in Saskatoon last weekend. The conference, which is now being referred to as You Lead, is filled with many activities to cultivate important leadership skills. Jolene Watson of Clarity Coach and Development was the facilitator for the weekend. We dove into emotional intelligence, body language was a huge piece of that, and then stress management, which I think is really important, and professional speaking skills. Watson says it's important to learn these skills during the teenage years. This is the perfect time to start asking for what you want, to having the confidence to stand up, to get behind a microphone at this age, will set them up for success for the rest of their lives. In addition to honing their leadership skills, the 4-H'ers were vying for five scholarships, 
with a total value of $12,000. First place and a $4,500 scholarship was awarded to Caitlin Tate from St. Louis. Caitlin is a member of the West PA 4-H Beef Club. I'm planning on eventually going into med school, so this scholarship is very needed. I'm planning on going into uh, University of Calgary Bachelor's of Health Science majoring in biotechnology. I think it'll be a really cool undergrad. Maybe I'll work for a few years before I go back and get my GP. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the future holds and see how many opportunities that the scholarship opens up towards me. Second place and a $3,000 scholarship was presented to Shelby Peacock from Asquith. Shelby is with the Saskatoon 4-H Beef Club. Third place and a $2,500 scholarship went to Mara Vogel from Theodore, a member of the Springside 4-H Beef Club. Fourth and fifth places were each presented with a $1,000 scholarship. Nicole Wall from Delisle was with the Old Bone Trail Multiple 4-H Club. And Ava Bieber from Wolseley is with the Candiac 4-H Beef Club. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at $590.80, down $4.90. May canola trading at $599.40, down $5 per metric ton. March Minneapolis wheat trading at $684.50, that's up three quarters of a cent. March Kansas City wheat trading at $601.50, up a half a cent. March Chicago wheat trading at 596 and 3 quarters up 8 and a quarter cents March corn trading at 430 and a quarter down 3 cents March soybeans trading at 1186 and a half down 7 cents March oats trading at 378 per bushel down 3 quarters of a cent and that's the commodities update a significant investment has been made to combat hunger in the city of Regina. The Mosaic Company announced a five-year, $1 million contribution to the Regina Food Bank Community Food Hub, which will help with program and operating costs. President and CEO of Mosaic, Bruce Bodine, says the investment is the latest in a long-term partnership with the Regina Food Bank. Our long-term partnership is definitely making a difference in the fight against hunger right here in Regina uh, by making food available when and where the community uh, needs it. And in 2020, as an example, we partnered together to bring the Mosaic Million Meal Challenge to the city. And since it began, the Regina community has raised funds and food totaling five million meals for our neighbors. And I think it often goes without recognizing these investments, what we do translates into meals for people. And five million meals is a staggering number when you really think about it. The full name is the Mosaic Market at the Community Food Hub. It's located at the former SLGA Liquor Store on Broad Street in Regina. President and CEO of the Regina Food Bank, John Bailey, says the location will offer a shopping-like experience and will cater to dietary restrictions and other needs. Aside from the benefits of the folks we serve, this building is going to allow us to build our sustainability. It's going to allow us to manage our resources. 
we're going to reduce waste, and we're going to make sure that we're giving people the food they want and they need. We're going to meet choice. The choice model will allow us to foster a sense of agency as folks are selecting the food they need for dietary reasons or for preference. The city of Regina pitched in $100,000 as well as leased a, a city-owned lot to the food bank, which Bailey says will be used as a place for people to hang out. Regina Mayor Sandra Masters commends the food bank and Mosaic for their continued partnership. And the food bank's long, longest standing food drive partner, the Mosaic Company, continues to be a shining example in our community, in this province and in this country, of what happens when industry and business invests with community support. Uh, I just wanna wholeheartedly express my gratitude to Mosaic Company and the Regina and District Food Bank and everyone that contributes to this for your outstanding work in addressing food insecurity in our community. And to our residents again, thank you for volunteering. Thank you for supporting this. Please continue to do so. I think this is gonna be an example of, of models across this country. And Saskatchewan Party MLA for Lumsden Morse, Blaine McLeod, was also there for last week's announcement. He called the Community Food Hub a visionary project. Over the years, that partnership between Mosaic and the Food Bank has made a significant impact, ensuring food security and providing invaluable support to those in need. Literally a lifeline to so many people. Today serves as a powerful reminder, and Mayor Masters touched on this in regards to communities coming together. It's a powerful reminder of the remarkable outcomes achievable when communities come together to support one another. The Regina Food Bank anticipates the grand opening of Regina's Community Food Hub this summer. Please stay tuned. Your Farm Bulletin Board is coming up right after these messages. Farm Bulletin Board. Attention Yorkton area producers, you're invited to the annual Steaks and Stems Producer Night. It's being held Wednesday, February 14th from 5 until 9 p.m. at St. Mary's Cultural Centre, which is located at 240 Wellington Avenue here in Yorkton. Join the Ministry of Agriculture's Yorkton Regional Office on Valentine's Day to celebrate local farmers, ranchers and agribusinesses. You will hear from ministry specialists, along with Chuck Penner and Brian Perilat discussing the cattle market outlook and the grain market outlook. To register, please contact the Yorkton Regional Office at 306-786-1531 or the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. That's coming up it's very soon. That's uh, on Wednesday. Another uh, couple of other events coming up. The Western Canada Feedlot Management School will be held February 12th through the 14th in Saskatoon. Celebrating World Pulses Day, Pulse-Based Dairy Analogs webinar. It will be held on Wednesday, February 14th at 10 a.m. That'll be online. And Soils and Crops 2024 will be held March 5th and 6th in Saskatoon. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's coming up on 1 o'clock. Time for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, 
and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly cloudy with a 20% chance of scattered flurries. Winds northwest at 15, gusting to 30, and a high of minus 4 degrees. For tonight, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of scattered flurries, increasing by late night. Winds northwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 12. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of scattered flurries, less than 1 centimeter expected. Winds west at 15 to 25, a high of minus 5, an overnight low of minus 13. For Sunday, partly sunny at times with a 30% chance of scattered flurries early on. Winds southwest at 10 to 20 and a high of minus 3. For Monday, partly to mainly sunny, a high of minus 5. And Tuesday, partly sunny, a high of minus 8. In the Paw, it's minus 13 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, and Roblin all reporting in at minus 6. Brandon, minus 3. Show Lake Russell, minus 4. Regina and Broadview Mooseman are at minus 5. Saskatoon, Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, minus 4. Hudson Bay, minus 7. The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a northwest wind at 21 kilometers an hour. 83% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 5 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 11 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.